There's no one right way to life, wife, or parent. I'm an empty nester with a full life. I'm a young mom who is sometimes running on empty. I am color in the lines. I'm running with scissors. I'm sensible shoes, sometimes taking myself far too seriously. I'm holding it together with three bobby pins and a lot of self-deprecating humor. I'm Aunt Mara, an emotional health therapist. I'm Nis Kira, a wellness advocate. Together, we're Sandy and Shwani, bridging generations to pass down wisdom, uptake vitality, take whatever is bringing you down, and lift you up. Table talk with takeaways for an elevated life today. We're Mood Mamas. <laughs> <laughs>
emotional reactions, that anger, depression, anxiety, or fear. But in reality, really outside events are just triggers, right? So as we uncover those false perceptions or beliefs that, that cause us to um, have that emotional reaction, then we can open it a deeper experience and, and clear them out to find that peace. And I kind of liken it to that emotions are similar to physical wounds. Experiences get deeply embedded, almost like a splinter, and they just continue to fester and fester until you address the issue at hand, right? Yes. There's something innate in us that we become experts at building walls and stuffing emotions into like little dark corners, pretending things never happened. And, you know, it's like shoving things. You've heard the expression of shoving things under the rug. We just keep shoving things until it, this pile is so high, you can't even walk through the room anymore without tripping over it, right? <laughs> I think that is so true. And it really holds us back. And then people want to know why they can't move forward. And there's all this unprocessed clumps of things. <laughs> and I think sometimes we have to reach out to people to help us with that. I found with myself that sometimes it's hard to process my emotions and really dig into what's going on. So it's great to have someone to help ask those questions and help you look at things differently to help you clean out the rug. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience when someone comes over to your house and it's so messy and you just don't know where to start. And people are like, oh gosh, <laughs> let me help you. <laughs> and so I think it's great when they can kind of help you pick it up, pick up the pieces a little bit. I think we weren't designed to heal ourselves individually. I think we were designed to have to ask for help or have someone notice that we need that support and help. And that's really what I love so much about what I do is I get to be a guide to someone's healing. And I know anytime I've had anything hard going on in my life, the only thing I ever wanted was someone to hold my hand during that process. I'm just even, you know, as a small child, I felt that way. And even as an adult, it just, it seems better if somebody is there with you. I'm such a people person. I just have to have people around me. So I, I relate to that on the bridge that so much to just have people kind of guide you and to know you have support. I think it's very crucial to know that there's a support system out there. I know through the pandemic and all of the closures and stay at home orders, people have felt very alone. And there's so many ways we can connect, even if someone's not right beside you. Like Zoom has been a great blessing to be able to see people face to face, even if they're not there in person. But yeah. just understanding that there is a support system. There's so many people out there who love and care about you and want to help you get through whatever you're going through. Well, so what are some other uh, good recommendations for support? I mean, do you feel like Facebook is a place? Facebook's awesome. I think you have to make sure you're in the right place, though because it can also seem like you're alone again. <laughs> Social media <laughs> is wonderful, but sometimes people just show the highlights. They don't, you don't see what's really going on in their life. And so then you can feel like, actually, I am the only one that's having a hard time during this, which is so not true. So I think if you use social media correctly and reaching out to people through social media is a better way to do it and getting involved in groups. I've loved seeing all the Facebook groups that pop up um, through the pandemic of people just being like, hey, we're going to share recipes. There's a really funny one that they do karaoke. <laughs> where people just post, picture, post videos of them doing karaoke songs. They have like a theme each week. Like it was super funny when I found it just because I was curious on everything that was popping up. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, 
It's so great. So there's so many things you can just get involved with. I actually started a group called Gander on Facebook to just give people an opportunity to teach things that they're passionate about. And then I would share things emotionally and it was fun to just kind of create a community of learning. Oh my gosh. We'll totally have to put a link in the show notes for that. Yes. Is it an open public group? It is. It is. It's kind of on pause right now because my life got a little chaotic, but (laughs) there's still great content you can go back and look through. And it's called Gander? Yep. Now, how did you pick that name? It comes from Michigan. So people in uh, Michigan, we'd call Ganders because they love to talk. (laughs) They love to share anything they can. (laughs) That's kind of funny. The group's kind of like a Gander. Take it, it could go with like, take a Gander at this or... You just like to talk and share what you have. Oh, yeah. You're <laughs> That's super cool. That's super cool. So how do you think we know, how do we recognize emotions or patterns of, that are negative? I have a reference book to kind of help myself by Louise Hayes. I think it's who it's by. You can heal yourself and it has reference points. Like if you're getting a stomach ache a lot, here is probably an emotion you're feeling or if your feet are hurting, So it's kind of a great reference for me because I look into this stuff a lot, but for some reason, when I got to look at myself, I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. (laughs) I was going to say, that's such a great point because the body doesn't lie and it's very metaphorical, which is really, really fun because you can look at whatever that symptom is. You know, if you're, if your lower back's hurting, where are you feeling unsupported? You know, if you have an earache, what is it that you don't want to hear? And, and on and on and on so much so that even if you have a UTI, it's like, what are you pissed about? Your body is just that metaphorical. <laughs> I love that. I, I share that with people after you've shared with that with me before. And people are just like, really? Like, it kind of is shocking to see how your body is trying to communicate with you. It's like, hey, listen. One of the beautiful things about using this with family and loved ones, you have these conversations where people open up in a way they never would in other ways. Mm-hmm. You know, when you can help them feel safe and just say, okay, well, it looks like your body's trying to tell, tell you that, you know, there's something that you need to say, you know, what's going on in your world? And like, I don't know. Well, and then, you know, you keep asking questions. Is it at home? Is it work? Okay. It's work. So what's going on at work that, that you feel like you need to speak up and just for them to be able to tap in. Oh gosh, you're right. I didn't realize this was bothering me. I need to address it. So just helping people get out of their own way or, or address those those suppressed emotions, those things that they haven't wanted to talk about. Yeah. My favorite is the first time my husband let me work on him and it was cool to see what came up and what, how it was able to strengthen our relationship a little bit, build that bond of trust. And also for him to acknowledge that what I do is real. It's not just crazy. So that was a great moment too. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that I have been using recently, because I just read Mark Beckett's book, Permission to Feel. Oh my gosh. I love that book so much. Oh, I haven't even heard of it. Tell me more. So he kind of goes over the four main emotions. I started looking into the four main emotions and then I was listening to Brene Brown's podcast and she recommended that book. So I started listening to it and he digs into it more. And then he also has an app called the mood meter. It's just 99 cents to get it. And I started looking at it and it's a great way to kind of see which quadrant you are kind of living in because it gives you the four main ones it gives you emotional references like are you feeling high energy and low pleasant or 
So it kind of guides you and then it gives you a graph of like, okay, you have been logging this and you're mainly in the fear category or in the happiness category. This is kind of where you're hanging out. So it's another great way to kind of dig in like, okay, if I'm living in fear, why? What is that? What's coming up for me? Where am I feeling that in my body? And how can I process it? How can I ask for help? Who can help me go through this to get out of this quadrant? Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I think apps can be such a powerful tool because we always have our phone on hand. So Mm -hmm. we can use it um, as nudges. You know, I'm sure it probably has reminders or something or like, check in, how are you feeling? And then we can look for those patterns. I love it. It, Those patterns help a ton because I, like I said, it's hard to take a look at yourself and be like, oh, these feelings are always this. So to have those assistance is great. Um, Another thing that I like to use is using the essential oils to help with those emotions. Because we could, once we figure out where we're at, getting a game plan in place is essential. If you just have, like, emotion is power and is great, but it makes you have to do something with it. <laughs> it's not great if you're just getting it and getting the knowledge and then not doing anything. So the, I like using that book and figuring out where it's at and then pairing an essential oil. Because a lot of times those emotions maybe aren't just from what's going on right now. Maybe it's some past experience. And so pairing the essential oils with us is going to help us process those emotions in a more productive way. They go through our olfactory system straight into where our memories are stored. So mm-hmm. I found that to be really beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you totally nailed it when you talked about that the presenting issue, it could be linked to a prior trauma, a prior experience. And, and there's big T and small T trauma, but it doesn't matter if it's, if it was upsetting to you, it's going to be recorded in the cells, organs, and tissues of your body. Um, I, I love that you brought up Louise Hay because I feel like she was the pioneer of emotion and, and relating that to the physical world. Uh, and, and so I kind of actually went through and I made myself a little list of who I felt were change makers. Louise Hay wrote that book in 1984. And then probably like the next book that really was on my radar was in 1991, Carol Truman wrote a book called Feelings Buried Alive, Never Die. That is like another handbook Bible for emotions that a lot of people use. I think she has like 750 emotions, 50 labels for feelings. And so she helps identify problem areas. And she also offers a script to help process the feelings, replacing the negative with a new positive outlook. And talking about what's right below the surface of these various physical ailments. In between there, there's a lady named Byron Katie. Have you ever heard of her? I haven't heard of her. Okay. So Byron Katie, she was in her second marriage and she was unhappy. And so she was suffering from depression, um, overeating, addiction to alcohol and stuff. And so she went to a rehab place in 1986 and she had this epiphany that her thoughts were what were creating her suffering. It wasn't what she was experiencing. It was how she felt about it and that she could become free from it. And so she wrote a book, this whole process of self-inquiry called The Work. And she's since, I think she's got six more books now. So it was just really interesting. She does it through a questioning process. And one of the things, this was such a powerful um, moment for me when my friend introduced me to Byron Katie, because the first thing you ask yourself when you have a stressful thought is, you ask, is that true? 
then how do you know it's true? Or can you absolutely know it's true? So my son was in a relationship and I said, this girl is going to ruin his life. And my friend said, is that true? And I'm like, yeah, I really think it's true. And she's like, can you know it's true? Can you absolutely a hundred percent know it's true? And I'm like, no, no, I can't. And then she's like, so number three, how do you react when that happens? You know, how do you act when you believe that thought? And I realized how anxious, and I was probably more upset than he was <laughs> about the situation. And so she, this process helps you go through that questioning process of self-inquiry to be able to turn it around. And instead of telling somebody something like, you know, my son should listen to me, maybe I should be listening to myself. It has this whole turnaround thing. So kind of an interesting process, but then there are so many people that contribute along the line. You've got Marianne Williamson with her book, A Return to Love in 93. Then we have EFT coming on the scene in the late 1990s. Do you know what emotional freedom technique is? Yep. Isn't that the tapping? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think it's great because it does look at, you know, what a belief is and what, what emotions might go with it. But I have found EFT to be very archaic, meaning it's just a really slow change process. So anyway, I think we have evolved past that. So I'm just going to list off a couple more and then we can go back and talk about any of them that, that makes sense. Have you ever heard of a lady named Carol Tuttle? She's probably yeah. more famous now for dressing your truth and things like that. Well, she wrote a book in 2000 called Remembering Wholeness. That was probably the first book that really blew my mind about how interconnected things are and also how we can tap into this divine power to heal our lives. And she has so many resources in there. It's just really cool. And then about 2007, we have Bradley Nelson coming on the scene with The Emotion Code. I know you love The Emotion Code. So do you want to speak to that for a minute? Yes, I do love the emotion code. So I actually went to one of his conferences in Vegas and it was so cool to be able to interact with him and see how powerful the emotion code is. To say I love the emotion code the most is probably a lie because I actually love his body code system more. And the body code is the foundation, right? Like emotion code was first, you have to identify the emotions, but then he that was like the first piece of the puzzle and then he upped his game hugely with body code. It's so true. So I have the app for the body code system and I will never go back, <laughs> but it's really great because it does have references to the emotion code in there. And it, it kind of goes through the whole process. I love of identifying the part of the body that it's in and then digging into the emotion and where it's stored. And so I love that they have that ability to release that emotion and you dig into it a little bit deeper the one thing I would add to it is I think you really need to take a time to focus on replacing what you've removed. And you kind of mentioned that in that first book you were talking about on how you have to add in the positive as well. The one thing I love about all the different energy things is you kind of figure out what works for you. They're a great place you can kind of mix and match and figure out what's going to help you heal and how it's going to best help other people as well. Yeah, absolutely. In my practice, I've basically taken all of these different modalities, all these different ideas and synthesized it into just to me, what I say are three simple steps. You need to reveal the emotion, you need to release it, and you need to replace it. 
that is one thing that I felt like emotion code never really addressed was the replacement because that is so important. We know we don't want to leave a void. We don't want to leave a vacuum. And so for our listeners, you know, we talk about identifying the emotion that, that can be really, really tricky because I think most people have a limited emotional vocabulary. I know you talked about your four main ones. The truth is that every emotion has its own vibration, like scared and afraid, you know, if they're in the same genre, but they have a different frequency. The more precise we can be in identifying that emotion, the better release that we're going to get. That's what I think is super cool is the different frequencies and identifying which emotion is kind of mixing to make that one emotion. So just a question for you with the scared and afraid. So I think afraid kind of goes more with the fear category. With scared, do you think that mixes with another one of the main emotions or do you think that is kind of a standalone emotion? I think every emotion stands alone. I really do. And I think the body is able to identify which one is more precise in being able to get that release. So a lot of people don't know how to identify emotions and what I imagine emotion code teaches like so many other modalities is that concept of muscle testing. Mm-hmm. Um, some people call it kinesiology. When you learned muscle testing, how, how did that go for you? Like what was the process? There's a couple of ways that people muscle test that I was like, I don't get this. <laughs> I think muscle testing can be a little daunting and people are like, oh my gosh, is it me? Is it not me? So it can be a little bit of a difficult process to figure out what works for you. Um, I think the most common way people are familiar with muscle testing and I still love to use when I'm with someone in person is when you hold your arm out and then you push the other person's arm down. It's a great way to do it. And, and then you, you test have strong or weak, depending on if it's true for you, right? Correct. Yep. So that's a great way to do it. Um, and then when you put your fingers in circles and then you pull it apart. So if your fingers break away from each other, then it's not true. Or if they stay strong, then that is true. My favorite way personally to do it is when you were to rub your fingers together. So if you take your pointer finger and your thumb, just kind of gently rub them together. So then you were to say, say, my name is Clarissa, see how it feels. And then my name is Laura, see the difference. Or another way I like to do it, say love, 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 and hate, hate, hate. So hate has a, a friction to it, is that what you're saying? Yep, yep, so when people do it, I don't like to tell them what's gonna happen first because then they're like, oh my, am I creating that with myself? So if you just kind of try it out and then feel the difference, it's kind of cool. And I- well, I've that, never heard of that. You taught me something new today. <laughs> I love that one because it taught me how when something's not true or it's hateful, it causes friction in your body Mm. and it's not going to help your body's not going to flow and it's not going to move like it's supposed to. But if it's positive and it's strengthening and it's love, your body's going to glide just like your fingers do. It's going to be okay. You're going to be able to walk through life confidently. And so it's kind of cool to see the connection on how that muscle testing works. Wow. That is super cool. There's more muscle testing. There's the sway test. Have you heard of that? Yes, where you can kind of lean forward or back, mm-hmm. depending on if your body. Yeah, so your body would be attracted to something that is positive for it, and it would be repelled by something negative. So when you're trying to d- decide which kind of fish oil you need or try trying to choose between two different types of bread, you can actually hold the substance in front of you and 
you just ask two questions. One, tolerated. So you ask, is this tolerated? And your body will either pull towards it or repel away from it. And then the second question that's really important to follow up with is, the word is effective. Is this effective? Because when you're trying to look at uh, supplements or, or drugs, your body might be able to tolerate it, but is it effective? Is it going to address, is it going to help and heal the things that you want? So that's really important to follow up with that second question. I love that you do that with food. I don't know why, but I've never thought of doing it with food. I do it with oils and supplements and everything else kind of in that category, but of course food, it's food's the biggest form of medicine we have. Yeah. And we can be being toxically overloaded also if we don't have um, the right digestive components going on. You know, I think a lot of gluten intolerance is a digestive problem. I haven't solved that riddle yet, but <laughs> I'm very curious about it. Okay. So jumping to that last one, that in internal muscle testing. So I don't have to touch the person and in, in some of those, you don't have to either. You just in the first one, the other one, you can ask the question yourself because truth is truth and you can tap into the innate intelligence or the energy field of that person that you're trying to, to help. That really comes from being able to trust yourself and trust the energy that you feel. And for me, I've likened it to almost a carnival game when someone slams that sledgehammer down and the little ball goes up. I feel this energy come up with truth. And so I just, it like everything feels flat, neutral, neutral, neutral. And then you, it's almost like you get a hit. There's a spike in energy. Or you can imagine it like a Geiger counter or someone who's going along with one of those things that's looking for metal in the sand. And then all of a sudden it just like, you feel the energy come up. There's like, it's almost tangible and you can train yourself to feel that on the inside. And it can, it starts to be, you know, with yes and no questions, or is it column A, is it column B? I use grids and charts a lot. When I work with my clients, I have an emotion grid and it's almost like playing battleship. I'm like, okay, go to C4. There's five emotions in there, you know, which one feels the strongest to you. And so it helps them pinpoint the emotions, which is kind of fun. And in my book, Emotional 911 for Parents, I actually hired this darling seven-year-old girl and she created feeling faces for me based on the emotions so that I could use that chart with kids. It's my favorite thing in the whole book. <laughs> I love that. I don't say that I do like internal muscle testing, but I feel energy in my hands. I don't, that's, I want to practice that. I want to practice feeling it more throughout my body, but like, especially when I do massage, I kind of let my hands guide me because I feel energy in one side or the other. And it kind of, like you said, kind of spikes, which is really cool. I think it's super fascinating. Yeah. I would give anything to have a massage therapist like you, someone who is intuitive and who's able to address those emotions. And I do feel like we have to respect boundaries. Like people are always saying, okay, so can you read people's energy? Are you, are you working on me right now? I'm like, no, believe me. The last thing I want to do is go around reading everybody's energy. That sounds exhausting. Yeah. And so it's really important that you, if you are an empath, if you are energy intuitive that you do set up a system to protect yourself, whatever that is. If you imagine that you have a, an energy field around you to just separate yourself from other people's energy, but it's all about intention. You know, you have a little gate 
around you that, that keeps people away. You have to open the gate to let them in. Yeah, I feel like I can feel other people's energy. I haven't been super great at like creating those boundaries. It's not like I'm working on people. I can just feel it mm-hmm. like more intensely. So that's something I've really worked on is trying to create up a shield and tap into it when I need to, when I have permission from people, but kind of just letting them keep their stuff. Yeah. I don't need more stuff. They can keep their stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I think people can feel energy and, and what we have to do is just tap into our innate gifts. Some people are feelers. Some people are seers. Some people are, you know, more hands-on. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just a matter of let's get to it. Whatever, whatever's creating that energy blockage, it's real and we need to address it with those emotions, right? Yes. And I love the part of just accepting your gifts. So I feel energy more in my hands. My massage teacher can look at someone and be like, okay, this is out. You have something going on here and it's connecting to here. Every time she does it, I'm just like, how, how do you do that? But it's one of her gifts and that's great. I can do similar things, but I do it more with my hands. So it's just using your gifts the best that you can and acknowledge that other people's gifts are great, but they don't have to be yours and you don't have to have their gifts to be great too. Yeah. And trusting that you can develop the gift. I think everyone has that innate intelligence inside of them. And I think you can just by being aware of it, start to tap into it, help it grow, nurture it, practice it. And like I said, you know, just as simple as how do I make the decision between which type of bread or which supplement, if they're all the same, if there's, you know, five different fish oils, which one is the most effective in my body? Things like that. That question in my body, I think is so key because everybody's material makeup is different and it needs different things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the reveal process. And really it's just a matter of like, if you don't have the vocabulary to ask look for these lists. I mean, Louise Hayes has tons of lists. Carol Truman has lists in her, her feelings buried alive book. Start to just become aware of those different frequencies or vibrations of emotions. So that's really the reveal section. So let's talk about releasing. How does that work with emotion or body code for the release? The release they use, they use magnets to kind of magnify your attentions. When I do it on someone in person, I roll down their their spine, which I believe is the governing meridian, isn't it? Yes. Right on your spine. So you're just kind of help clearing that. Do and doesn't the meridian actually start at your forehead and come up over your head and then go down your spine? It does. But for some reason in their teachings, they just have you do it from the top of their spine, clear down. When I clear- But if you were going to do it for yourself, don't, I think you yes. could just start there at your forehead and go over. Correct. So when I do it on myself, I do start there and go clear down to like the base of my spine. And when I do it for people over the phone or distance, I do the same thing. Okay. This might blow your mind. Intention is everything. Okay. Like I said, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but I was having some work done by a healer probably 15 years ago. So she was wanting to put a bone in place. Uh, I I can't remember if it was in my foot or you know, there's those such tiny little bones there. And so she had a chart and she knew which bone it was and she was trying to manually adjust it. And she's like, I can't get it. So she picked up a pencil, she took the eraser, she went over to the chart on the wall and just tapped it. And the bone in my foot went back into place. 
And I was like, what in the world? How did that work? So really, it is so much about intention saying you're inviting the body to do something and we can, we can manipulate it in outside ways. It's just like us sending a command or a signal to activate. You know, people, it blows their mind unless you ask them, okay, explain how a cell phone works. How do I make a call? This energy goes through the air and somebody is able to receive it. It's the same thing with energy healing. It's the same thing with emotions. It's just energy in motion. So cool. I'm so fascinated by things like that. And I think it's funny for myself. Like I've seen and experienced things that happen, but every time it happens, I'm just as surprised as the first time. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> like a new thing every time. <laughs> exactly. So we talked about the intention of as rolling over that midline, that governing meridian is it again sending a signal to your body to release something, to just let it roll off and, and dissipate. I use guided visualization. I feel like the subconscious only understands pictures, not words. And so if we can create a mental image for someone and, and imagine letting something go, that is super powerful. We all have the ability to imagine. You can imagine you know, going to your refrigerator and opening it up and getting a beverage out. You can see that in your mind. The same thing is true with just imagine, imagining taking that emotion. I, I, in my book, I have a whole chapter on ways to release, but it's, it could be as simple as in your head, imagining that there's a chalkboard and that emotion is written on the chalkboard and erasing it. Or even better, because I love the ocean, imagine that emotion's written in the, the sand and a wave comes and washes it away. Just whatever it, it feels like to unburden yourself. And using the higher power that we have access to, you know, for some people, it is going to be God's and, and Jesus Christ. For other people, it might be their angels or the divine oneness, whatever it is, just tap into that higher power and let that burden go to that higher power and then be ready to receive something better in, in replacement. I love that. I think it's super powerful. Have you heard of NLP before? Yes, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Mm -hmm. Yes, what you're talking about is just makes me think that's exactly what it is when you move the images in your head. So in that, I've had someone do, the, do a session with me once and it was super fascinating because they had me imagine where a certain image was at. Is it directly in front of you? How close is it? Is it to the side? And it kind of shows where things are at in perspective. And it helps you bring things into perspective. If something that's kind of on the side needs to be brought in the front, it's cool. The mind is super powerful and the imagination can accomplish so much more than I think we give it credit for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times we can't claim what we want. Almost every single person, the number one emotion they want to feel is peace. But you can't feel that peace if there's already something else filling the that space, a negative emotion, that, um, that receptor site. Imagine it like a boat trying to dock at, uh, um, at a dock <laughs> and there's already something else tied up there. You've, you've got to clear a space for something new to come in and land and connect. But once we release that negative emotion, then we are able to claim with intention exactly what we want to feel instead. And it's so important to fill that hole 
or else I, I've had that experience where things just kind of come back in and I'm like, well, that didn't last long. <laughs> you have to <laughs> really guide your intention and be really conscious of what you're going to fill that hole with and how it's going to help you move forward and bringing in that piece. Um, something that I like to do is think about what activities or things around me are going to help bring in that piece. Because I think it has a lot to do with decluttering your environment as well what is going on around me and how is this going to help promote what I'm trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. and, and receiving the, the gift. I, the imagery I use for a lot of people is imagining that they have received a gift that's going to help them move forward the way they want to have the strength, the resilience, the protection that they need. And each time it's so individual, it's so perfect for them. Whatever comes to their mind is the, is the right thing. And I always say, you know, it could just look like an ordinary object. You know, it might be a key because keys always represent, you know, unlocking something that was previously unaccessible, right? But it could be ruby slippers, you know, that you have always had the power inside of you it, down to, you know, a baby chick and a new fresh start. I love metaphors. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. They're super helpful. <laughs> I love them a lot. Um, I am super passionate about getting outdoors too, like get moving and allow your body to kind of accept that change of the new, of the thing taken out and putting in the new. If you get outside and just kind of let nature take its course on you, I feel like it's super helpful in getting those things to stay set and kind of change your mindset, rewrite the narrative that's in your mind at that time. Mm -hmm. Oh, there. There is a whole thing on just the nature cure, like how powerful it is to be outside, just to step into another reality, let ourselves ground and connect. I really do think there is power in grounding, getting barefoot on the earth just for a couple minutes. Like there's nothing like putting your, your feet in the sand and walking along the edge of a body of water. Oh my gosh, I love the beach so much. <laughs> you want to go to the beach? <laughs> it's like, I need a vacation. <laughs> Oh my gosh, exactly. <laughs> that made me think though, a lot of times when we're ready to replace with a better belief, you know, maybe you had the belief that nothing ever works out for me. So you want to claim everything works out for me. There is this reality gap in between there where you're like, really, does everything work out for me? And so there's a really cool book called Affirmations and it's by Noah St. John. What he's saying is that we have to form the affirmation and, and an affirmation is just usually a statement of belief that we want to move some positive energy, like an, I am happy, I am safe, I am capable. So if we go back to that thing where everything works out for me, if we put the word why at the beginning, the brain loves to solve questions. So if we say, why does everything work out for me? The brain is going to work on overtime to find answers to that, to solve that riddle, to pull the pieces together. And so just by simply adding that question, turning it into the affirmation into a question, it allows us to leap over that gap. That's super fascinating. I like that a lot. I also love the, the idea of speaking your truths differently. How mm -hmm. do I want to say that? So sometimes we say things out loud, like, I don't know. 
I think the biggest one for girls sometimes is like, my gosh, I'm gaining weight. Like I'm so good. <laughs> and when you're constantly saying that to yourself. I think you kind of make it your reality. And so you have to speak what you want into your reality. Just like everything does work out for me. Things are moving great. And then that's kind of what you choose to focus on. And you create your own reality. You see that things are really working out for you. And when you ask that why question, I think you're going to find even more reasons why it is and how great your life really is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I really taught my kids about speaking negatively and that we, you don't want to send a command out into the universe. My kids used to say, oh, just kill me now. And I'm like, no, like cancel clear. You don't, you don't want that. <laughs> I love the cancel clear. I've heard that so many times being with Katie. <laughs> And so then my son who doesn't buy into it, he's always like, I cancel your cancel clear. <laughs> <laughs> but once you teach that to people, they will definitely, they will call you on it. If you say something, they'll be like, oh, oh, cancel clear. <laughs> yeah. It's been fun. One of the quotes that I love from Carol Truman's book was, whatever we choose to focus our attention on will automatically multiply in our lives. I love that. I'm really focusing on that right now with current events. I think I've really had to change my mindset and kind of set myself free of some of those thoughts that I've had that I've been stuck in for a while. And I don't know, it's been fun having this conversation because I'm just like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> everything does work out. Everything is happens for a reason and realizing that there's so much more out there for us as we begin to heal and process. There's new doors all the time. And think sometimes that can be a little scary because we get so comfortable in what may be uncomfortable mm -hmm. that we're afraid of what that new comfort level could become. Yeah. So find somebody to help you unlock that door. Find someone to hold your hand when you walk through it until you're like, wow, this is awesome. I really think that people think, when are things going to go back to normal? Well, there is going to be a new normal. And why can't it be a higher vibration? You know, as we raise ourselves up and we bring more light into the world, as there is more commotion, more darkness in the world, I think because there's always a balance, that yin and yang, then we have the capacity to have more light and more power than ever before. I agree with that. Um, this, this just whole conversation reminded me when I was in counseling. I call my counselor Uncle Jim, just because some people like to think of Uncle Jim. Is it advice better than they do? Like, oh, my counselor. <laughs> sure. yeah, I like that. Yeah, so Uncle Jim was talking to me about, about the doors, the door theory. And he said that once I was done with counseling, that I would be in a different door. But it would be interesting to see the people who also followed me through that door. Ooh. And on the other side, that I would see people that I wanted to be surrounded with who were going to help me continue to improve and heal. I think that has a couple of connections is when we heal and we process and we move forward, it almost grants other people permission to do the same thing. And we give them an opportunity to come with us and see what's on the other side. And then you're going to see your life has left some things behind, which is sad. And you can take a moment to grieve those things that you once loved that aren't with us anymore. But you're going to see how many more exciting things are ahead of you that may stay with you for the rest of your life, but may may stay behind when you walk through another door. It's just kind of a cool thing to think about. Oh, I love that so much. Because <laughs> you know I love metaphors. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
and really we become this torchbearer. We, we offer light that will gather other people and will help them move forward in their life too. So, so great. So great. You're going to do great things in the world. I'm excited. for you. Thank you. As a listener, if you find yourself in a place where you are flooded with negative emotion, let's just kind of restate some things and tools that you can do to get back to your balance, uh, your peace, your, your well-being. Resist the impulse to ignore your emotions uh, or push them away or judge them as bad. Instead, ask, you know, what are they trying to tell you, right? Yeah, acknowledge what's going on. See where it's coming from in your body and... I'm going to go throw in, if you're having a hard time with things going on in your body, see a massage therapist. A massage is a great way to kind of awaken those and get things moving again. Yes, definitely. I would say practice self-compassion. You know, if you feel overwhelmed, kind of look at that and just be like, you know, whatever I'm afraid of or what I'm having this reaction to isn't, isn't the real me. But at the same time, taking responsibility, asking what do I need to learn to change or what can shift because of what I'm seeing? That's super beneficial. And go outside. <laughs> I'm so pro. Just get outside for a minute. Oh, I electronics and just experience nature. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like we said, seek support. Get that massage. Uh, find yourself an Uncle Jim or an emotional healer and and realize that things can shift pretty quickly. When we identify those emotions, it's just as fast as pulling out that splinter, and then the body will innately heal itself. The body wants to, and it can. You just have to almost give itself permission. Give yourself permission that that's okay and you can heal. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, well, that was so wonderful. Any last thoughts? I think that was a pretty good overview. I appreciate you letting me come on with you. This was a lot of fun. I love having conversations like this with you. You always teach me so much. I think there's something that each person has to offer. I think there's something from each modality that we can, like again, synthesize into our healing journey. So many good things out there. (laughs) 